The 2020 Atlanta United season is upon us, and there's been a lot of changes in the offseason. Can Atlanta make a run to an MLS Cup win? We preview it all next. What's going on, 5Shot fam? Welcome to our 2021 match preview special. I'm AJ, and I'm joined by Mark and Tanner. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. So Atlanta United has a new head coach, no less than half a dozen additions to the roster, and expectations are soaring. But also Atlanta United are the second highest market value as a club according to Transfer Market. So guys, what do you think of this valuation? Tanner. Well, I think it's interesting because it kind of puts into perspective league expectations based upon the value of the roster. Um, you have three teams that are very distinctly ahead of everyone else as far as that valuation goes. LAFC, Atlanta United, and Inter-Miami. Although there is an interesting point with Inter-Miami because, as many people may know, there's an investigation into them and them not being roster compliant, possibly playing with four DPs. And rumors this past week have been that they're going to be trading Pellegrini, which is a player that they spent over $10 million on. So, you know, that would knock their roster down in terms of the value, but I'll buy a lot. After that, it's Toronto at 45. So I think with Atlanta United, the value is possibly undervalued because you have a lot of young players that have come in that you really don't know how much they're worth. And players like Joseph Martinez would have seen their value hurt based upon his injury. So I think looking at that, if you're a fan, you have to go, okay, we've got a really capable squad here in terms of talent, upside, and, and value. So you have to have those expectations to match with it. And I think that that's what Atlanta Added was built on. And I think that's what Atlanta Added fans want to see the club get back to. Yeah. Mark, could our valuations go up? Because yes, like Tanner mentioned, we have a lot of young guys that are uh, vying for more playing time. And as these uh, kind of 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds, mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. get more playing time, certainly, you know, they could be viewed upon around the world uh, as, you know, someone that's more coveted. Yeah, and even uh, not even just players that need more playing time, but I look at somebody like a Miles Robinson or a George Bellow, like what is their value now? Because those are two players whose values I could see going up, especially Bellow. You know, especially if Bellow can make an appearance for the U.S. men's national team. I, mean, I hear U.S. men's national team pundits themselves say, you know, the left back position isn't really locked down. I think you have, what, Anthony Robinson at uh, West Brom, I want to say. And he's probably the leading candidate for that position right now, but you know, like, why not, Bello? He could certainly be in the mix. Um, I also think, you know, this this roster valuation, it's interesting because this offseason, it was busy similar to last season, last offseason, you know. And so there was a lot of, uh, I guess, trepidation about going into last season because we made so many changes. But I think these changes, including the manager, maybe especially the manager, uh, the fan base as a whole is a lot more comfortable with, right? You seem like way better thought out transfers. Um, we're not like as worried about position depth in certain areas. I mean, we are a little bit uh, maybe in the defense, but uh, especially with, you know, signing Franco. Um, it's, I, it really, this has been, the, this off season and going into the season really feels like 2017. You know, like there's just a lot of, obviously we haven't seen these players like, you know game the game but we know they're good and we've already seen a glimpse and it looks pretty good so, i think right. another thing that you have to touch on and that's ezekiel barco because 
he at times minus the back pass that led to you know guzan getting sent off he looked a lot more confident than he had and i think this is a really big season for ezekiel barco that you know those valuations are also in a covid market so it's kind of interesting to take it with a grain of salt as far as that's concerned but if ezekiel barco can start performing up to the level that he was signed for you know to the level that will eventually get him that move that he wants to europe you know that valuation for that team can go up a lot more and i think that comes into the head coach and that's something you know we're going to dig into further in the episode right or maybe right now so yes the key transfers uh that have gone out uh let's uh you know i think address that first which uh, I think there were a lot of uh, people that were pretty sad that Franco Escobar was uh, one of those players that was, but also Eric Rometty, Fernando Mesa, uh, Jeff Lorenowitz does count as a transfer, uh, or not a transfer out, but a player that retired, so yeah, we no longer have him on the club. Uh, John Gallagher, our leading scorer from 2020, also uh, was traded in the offseason. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that... Uh, you know, maybe played a large part of 2020, maybe uh, for good or bad in that sense, uh, that are no longer with the team. But transferring in a lot. And, uh, you know, Santiago Sosa, Alan Franco just recently, Franco Ibarra, Ronald Hernandez, Licha Lopez, and now, you know, to some lesser degrees, some other players like Mikey Ambrose and Alex DeJohn as depth. And then, of course, yeah, like you were saying, Gabriel Hainse, also as well as our head coach, definitely uh, would be a key transfer in in that respect of uh, someone that has already, I think, uh, you know, bared a little fruit of uh, seeing how much he's kind of changed the landscape of uh, definitely a lot of the fans' expectations for the season. But let's get into what you guys think who the key transfer of this offseason was. So, Tanner. I think for me, it's the manager. It starts with the manager. And I think Atlanta United, in a way, kind of admitted that they got it wrong with, with Frank DeBoer. And they went back to their roots in terms of both stylistically, at least from the base of how they want to play, to you know where the manager's from and his ability to identify with what is a very large Latin core in this team. Atlanta United really, really respects Gabriel Heinze. I mean, a lot of them being Argentinian from South America, they know his playing career. They're more familiar with him than Frank DeBoer. And the way that they're running the training sessions from everything that we have heard has been very similar to Tata. The intensity's back. They have very specific instructions in terms of what they're told to do, which is the complete opposite of what Frank DeBoer was. And I think, especially in Major League Soccer, if you have a manager that can instill a system and a belief into a set of players that helps make the collective better than the individual parts, that's what's that's what you need to have. And too often, I felt like under Frank DeBoer, it was Joseph just pulling something out to make the team better, moments here and there, but there was no collective. And I think, you know, we've only had one match to watch, and it was a CONCACAF match, so that is what it is. You have to take that for, for, for being a CONCACAF match, but there was a belief there was an attitude in the team, especially after the red card. And there was a clear idea of what they wanted to do. Was it perfect? No. Will they get better? Obviously, it takes time. But you can see that they understand what the manager wants from them. And I think that too often, that did not happen under Frank DeBoer. And that is very, very important in Major League Soccer because a good manager can take you a long way in any league, but I think especially in this league. Mark. 
I think uh, I think Tanner made some really good points there, and I think the key player to how Atlanta United want to play this season is going to be Santiago Sosa. You know, uh, I think he's just he is. It's a cliche, but he's the engine. You know, like he's the key to the whole thing. He's the key to building attacks. He's the key to winning the ball back. He's the key to the, setting the tempo of the game, whether it is that they want to build out of the back or whether you know they want to go quickly. And so, you know, like, especially the midfield, obviously, is going to be built around his skills. But I would expect him to play in pretty much uh, any game that he's available and not absolutely exhausted, you know. Um, yeah, I think we've already seen a glimpse of it uh, in a little bit in preseason and obviously in the first CCL match. And, you know, so far he's as good as advertised. And it just... Um, He's, he doesn't play like Nagby. I need to make that point clear when I say this. But the impact, the influence that he's going to have on games, it feels Nagby-esque. And I feel like that was something we were definitely missing in 2020. And so, you know, like, yeah, it's just, it's even even though it's early on, I am very excited about what I've seen from Sosa. And um, I think he could have a big couple years and possibly, possibly get that move to Europe. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think, yeah, both of you guys have made really, I think, astute points for sure. I mean, Hainsey definitely uh, is going to be such a factor. And uh, in terms of br all the guys that were brought in, he absolutely has, uh, you know, a hand not only in bringing them in, but also uh, what they're going to do in his system. Uh, but I also agree with you, Mark, that Sosa is going to be so key. And you kind of saw against Alajuelense a little bit and how he was able to control the game for us. And that is going to be something that we've, uh, you know, not only missed so much in 2020, but is something that um, will just help us tremendously to be able to, uh, you know, gain back the type of play that we want to have. And also, I think the, uh, you know, you saw how quickly we were able to play, uh, not only between the lines, because Sosa was able to find... Uh, that open man much more quickly than we had in 2020. Like that is something that uh, you know will, I think, impact a lot of 2021 for us. But uh, so, yeah, in terms of player, definitely, yeah, I went with Sosa as well. But and I mean, follow up with you on that, AJ. You know, mm -hmm. in in global soccer, especially with with how the game is developed, that position is so critical to almost every single team. I mean, if you don't have a solid person to anchor your midfield and to build out possession with you're going to struggle and Atlanta you know hasn't had that player obviously since Nagby left but even so you know he's a very unique player and I think the more games will come and as more footage of Atlanta comes out teams will approach things differently but one thing that I really noted was that Atlanta was able to play through the press effectively for the first time ever really without just hitting it long and that was something that really impressed me with Sosa was his composure and his calmness to be able to receive the ball under pressure and make the right decisions. And obviously, you know, like, like you said, we'll see more of that as the season goes on, but he's this type of player that if you have someone consistent and solid at the base of that midfield, it provides you the platform to really build everything else off of. And, and it's going to be critical. And I'm excited to watch him because he looks like a really fun player. Indeed, indeed. And so uh, that gets us to our players to watch the top players and up and coming. Of course, we talked about Sosa, uh, Franco, but Ezekiel Barco, uh, we kind of alluded to as well, and Bello, of course. 
But uh, Ibarra is uh, another one of those that are up and coming that will have a large part to play in our uh, transformed midfield that we have. And also Eric Lopez and Marcelino Moreno from last year. But of course, also, uh, we have a very big piece that was missing for pretty much all of 2020 in Joseph Martinez. The King returns and who is your guys' player to watch in 2021, Mark? We do this every year, but I think <laughs> this is really the year. It has to be Barco. Like, Barco has to come into his own this season. Because I don't, I just don't know what will happen after, you know, if it doesn't, if he doesn't pan out this season, you know, like, what's the next step? And so it's almost like I'm kind of willing it. I do think we've seen some solid early signs um but we've seen this before so like he needs to show he we i think uh he, he played the he played as one of the wide men one of the wingers um in the in the in the versus al Juense. but i think uh if they had the full squad available like moreno back i think we may see barco in the middle um like in preseason so uh i'm curious to see what position he eventually settles into uh, but once we figure that out, man, he's got to we've got to see the talent from him because he's a key player, you know, like uh, especially with Joseph coming back, you know, we can't expect him to be old Joseph right away. Um, and then other players are going to be new to the league. Like Barco's been here. He's basically he's almost a veteran at this point. Uh, so we, I think we've got to see it from Barco now. Been here four years. So, like, you know, he's got he's got to step up. It's four years now. It's time to show it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead, Tanner. Yeah. For for me, you know, I, I think that Mark really he he nails it as far as everyone's feelings towards Barco because he is such a key player, and you know he's a senior squad member. He's been here longer than most of the squad has. I mean, he's one of the few players remaining from that MLS Cup team, which sounds crazy, but it's true. So he's won things here, but he hasn't been a key player in those things. But for me, I think that. Atlanta United only goes as far as a healthy Joseph Martinez. If Joseph Martinez can rediscover his form from pre-injury and he can start scoring goals, I think that he's, I mean, he managed to score, what, 27 goals in that season under Frank DeBoer, which is outrageous considering how poor we were in terms of getting him good service consistently. I think that it's clear that if the system clicks, you know, he's going to get a lot of really good chances. He has very talented, creative players behind him at almost every single position. If he can rediscover that form, in, in a team that I believe will be performing better, um, I think Atlanta can go a very, very long way. So for me, it's Joseph Martinez. He He's the heartbeat of this, you know, sports in this city. He's the heartbeat of this team. If Joseph Martinez is, is Joseph Martinez as we know him, then this team's going to be very, very successful. And if he's not, they're still going to struggle to score goals, I think, at least to the degree that would help them win trophies. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, great shouts by both of you guys. I mean, that's definitely, yeah, Barco got a lot to prove uh you know he has that valuation that's uh is high and uh he has obviously not quite lived up quite to it but uh yes joseph martinez i think coming back from the injury for me the player to watch for sure because as joseph martinez goes i feel like this team will go uh especially as a player that has carried like you said not only the team on his back but the city on his back and uh, in terms of also championships for Atlanta, so championships on his back too. So it's definitely one of those things that, uh, yeah, for Joseph Martinez, if you can get even, I think, 80% of what 
you know, what he was in 2018, 2019, I think we are in for a treat. Uh, but yes, we do have to take it slowly. And that's why uh, also, you know, I've kind of semi shout out to Licha Lopez in this regard as a player to watch because as much as he will spell Jose Martinez, you can see the quality that Licha Lopez brings on the pitch. He was uh, connecting the lines, dropping in deep to collect the ball and spread it out to the wings for our guys against Alohalense. And uh, I think you'll just see a lot more of that uh, as the season goes on. And uh, hopefully he finds his scoring form as well. Uh, yeah, there's been a, a little bit of misses in preseason and, and uh, in the match but uh, against Alohalense. But I think, you know, he's a guy that not only has so much experience around the globe that, uh, yeah, he will impart that, I think, to, you know, our younger guys, too, when they come in. So speaking of the younger guys, uh, of those players that we mentioned as well, uh, maybe, you know, some of the other ones that we may not have actually spoke about, maybe like a Jackson Conway, a Machop Chol, uh, maybe even a Rocos Rios Novo, because uh, he's definitely trending at the moment. But who's you guys' young player to watch in 2021 that could break, maybe break through with unexpected minutes? Tanner. I, I think for me, not necessarily unexpected, but I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing more of Eric Lopez. He, he was fun to watch in that second leg against Club America last year. Obviously, the, the match itself was a dead rubber, but him and Jackson Conway both looked quality. But I think Eric Lopez... He has that potential. Atlanta paid a lot of money for him. And I'm curious to see where he fits into the attacking setup of this team and what he can do to add to it. Because he clearly has flair, he has confidence, and he has a lot of talent. And I want to see what he can do, and, and hopefully he can spell some of the people that are ahead of him, because I don't think he's a starter yet. But he is young. I think he has a lot of upside. And, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he fits into this team and what he can bring. Mark? Yeah, it's hard. So it's, I know when we were first linked to Franco Ibarra, I didn't know what to expect, right? I was like, okay, obviously we need to rebolster our midfield. You know, he's sort of a defensive midfield. He can get forward. Uh, how's he going to fit into the system? But I do think he'll actually play a lot, uh, especially as you've seen uh, these initial setups that um, that Ente, you know, has the team in. Um, I think with Ibarra and Sosa out there, you, you get uh, two players whose skills complement each other really well, and um, they can do the bulk of the work in that midfield in terms of uh, recovering the ball, you know, uh, setting tempo, um, you know, just uh, providing energy. Uh, and so, you know, Ibarra's only 19, and so I'm curious to see, again, what his role is this season, but also, like, how he progresses as a player. You know, there is an advantage to getting a player at this age because you really get to mold them a little more. And so it would be curious to see how, uh, you know, what kind of player he becomes as Ainsley works with him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of impact uh, Ibarra has this season. Yeah, I uh, I echo your sentiments, Mark, that, uh, yeah, it's Ibarra for me in terms of, like, the young player to watch here. That uh, Yes, Eric Lopez, uh, I think, uh, will play uh, a good number of games, but I think Ibarra for me, might play more uh, and maybe not unexpected minutes per se, uh, but uh, I think it is Abara, the way he is going to be utilized as that bulldog to Sosa's more uh, libero, uh, it will be that that sense that uh, you know Abara is going to be that guy that's going to start that press from midfield. He's going to be uh, you know tracking the guy with the ball every single time. 
uh, and doing that dirty work. Uh, and he might be a little raw, but I think he will be a guy that's, um, you know, if he can keep the yellow cards down, which apparently has been a problem when he was uh, in South America, it's, uh, I think he can really, I think, make something of a more dynamic midfield than we had previously in uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I think we were missing something that just was more athletic, something that can, uh, I think, really unsettle teams with the pace and that uh, that pressing that he can really achieve for us uh, for what we need to do in Hainsey's system. So, uh, and so, you know, speaking of Hainsey, let's talk about his, uh, you know, what he brings to this team uh, and then kind of what are the expectations of him uh, for this season, though. So, Tanner, like, what do you... What are you looking forward to what Heinze can bring? Heinze, he, he brings a lot to Atlanta United, and I'm really excited about a lot of things with him. We did a video when the signing was first announced that you should definitely check out. Link somewhere. AJ will take care of that. But that digs a bit more into the tactical details and how he plays and some of his history and everything. But for me, I think that what you could see in the first match was he has a very defined and clear style of play that he wants the players to execute on the pitch. That was very much lacking under Frank DeBoer, where a lot of the times the players did not have very specific instructions about how they were supposed to move, what you know combinations that they had. They were more left that to their own devices. Heinz is not like that. He's very structured. He knows exactly what he wants his players to do, very similar to a Marcelo Bielsa, very similar to a Pep Guardiola, where they have these planned choreographed exchanges of players switching in and out of positions. It's really difficult to defend against if the players know what they're doing. And that will take some time. It doesn't happen overnight. Games will have to get played. But he's the type of manager that if he does what I think he can do, he'll be here for a few years, and then he's going to be getting a job in Europe because he's a very talented manager. He knows what he wants. His players love him, and he's fiery. And I do have some personal issues with him, given that he tried to move from Manchester United to Liverpool, but that happened 15 years ago, so we'll let that go. But I'm excited for him. I, I genuinely, he was a name that I remember mentioning last year when DeBoer first, we talked about him leaving. I mean, I, I've been really high on, on, on him as a manager and I'm excited for him. And I think Atlanta fans have a reason to be giddy and excited for this season again, because the soccer is going to be exciting. Like even if Atlanta doesn't end up winning MLS cup, we're not going to be boring. It's not going to be the paint dry football that we saw under Frank DeBoer. So I'm excited for him, and I think Atlanta United fans should be as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. To answer your question, yes, uh, you. I think we're one of the first to mention uh, Hainsey as one of the uh, you know candidates that we should explore. Uh, he was definitely my pick uh, when we were definitely we were all wondering like, are, are we going to sign a head coach then? And uh, yeah, we uh, all gave our picks. He was definitely mine as well. But uh, yeah, Mark. What uh, what are you looking forward to? What Hainsey can bring? As I mentioned before, just the feel of 2017. You know, like it really feels like uh, a rebirth. Obviously, there's some uh, holdovers. Uh, you know, players from previous years. Uh, so it's not quite uh, you know starting from scratch. But yeah, I just think um, just like that aggressive pressing and counter pressing. Um, you know, the uh, more vertical play, I think we were definitely, definitely missing that. And it just 
the camaraderie, I think, as well uh, with the manager. You know, you really saw that with Tata. You know, there was a, there was the the relationship was an important part of the the whole process. And uh, with Frank DeBoer, it felt it felt a little cold. And so I think with uh, with Ainsley, I mean, we'll see how he is as a man manager as well. But uh, I it. All the signs, I think, so the, as early as it is, all the signs are are positive in all in, the, in all of those regards. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think uh, what I'm looking forward to most as well is that Hainsey, uh yeah, he was able to bring Les Sarsfield from uh, pretty much relegation fodder into uh, a team that made it into the Copa Sudamericana, uh, and you know, he made maybe somewhat average players into something better than they were. And he's never had a striker like Jose Martinez in his squad ever. And that's going to be something I think that uh, will be so, so useful. I think even Alicia Lopez maybe uh, for him. And also I think the plethora of striker options that he does have, uh, you know, he has, uh, you know, someone that can maybe, uh, you know, get in behind as well off the bench in Eric Lopez. And then you have, Someone that can play big in Jackson Conway, and maybe even Machop Troll if he, uh, you know, decides to deploy him there. And so he's got options. I'm really looking forward to what he can, uh, you know. I think, I think fashion the uh, the team into doing because what Tanner was talking about exactly of uh, players knowing where they need to be, the positional sense. Uh, these players will be pretty much, uh, yeah yelled at into being in the right position otherwise they're not playing and so uh that's i think super key in getting us into uh you know the right positions to score goals and uh really wow the fans and that's i think uh really what i'm looking more forward to but uh let's get into though the competitions that we're in we're in quite a few uh and that's if we can make one of them but uh, we'll get into that in a second. But CCL, of course, we're already in and we're playing. Uh, we're, uh, you know, in terms of MLS Cup, that's, uh, you know, one of the goals, of course, maybe if not the goal. Uh, but also U.S. Open Cup, uh, that's if we have uh, a good enough record in one of the eight places that can make uh, the U.S. Open Cup early rounds. And so, you know, we have to do our business quickly and early in the league and also the supporter shield of course uh which might be dwindling in its importance year after year but guys in terms of importance uh should we just like go off together in terms of what we think is the most uh like top uh one two three four shall we i mean (laughs) we all pretty much in agreement in terms of how these things shape out um, for me personally, I think that CONCACAF Champions League looks really tasty for me this year. When you look at the bracket, the only Mexican side um, on, on Atlanta's side of the bracket is Club America. Um, they are currently in second place in the game Mechies, so they're a really solid outfit. There's obviously a lot of history between Atlanta United and them. That's still two rounds away, you know, if Atlanta United was to get there. I think Atlanta is going to, to to win this tie. They're going to get into the next round where they will be playing either Saprissa or Philadelphia Union. If you're an Atlanta United fan, you have to look at that and say, we fancy our chances to get to the first semifinal in club history. And then if you do that, you know, you'll have the game, you'll have more and more games being played. So the team will be more familiar with it. Joseph will be closer back to match fitness. So 
the best chance that Atlanta has had to win a CONCACAF Champions League. And I think this is one of the best chances an MLS side has had. LAFC came very close last year. They took the lead on Tigres in the final, but they weren't able to see it out. I'm kind of glad they didn't personally, because I'd like to see Atlanta be the first MLS club to win this this version of it. But after that, it's it's MLS Cup and then everything else. I mean, if you get into the U.S. Open Cup, which I think Atlanta will, if you can win it, great. But it just doesn't mean that much to me personally. And Supporters Shield, I don't even know if we're going to end up keeping it around much longer. Because if you only play two teams from the other conference, how can you honestly award a trophy to a team you know that hasn't played the same schedule as everyone else? And that will be my position even if Atlanta United stormed the Supporters Shield this year. I'll be like, great. How do we really know? Because no one played the same schedule, so who really gives a damn? Yeah, Mark. Um, so obviously, I would love a deep Champions League run. You know, I think uh, it would be dope to see Atlanta and I make into the later rounds, a semifinal versus like Club America, or whatever it would be cool. But there's always like it always comes back to me like. For me, it's just, it's a knockout competition, right? And like anything can happen, you know what I mean? So like we may not even get past uh, the next round, you know, like something funky could happen versus Union or Supriso or whatever. Uh, for me, what I'm really curious, I'm really curious to see this team navigate a regular season. Um, obviously, it's going to be a weird schedule. We play a few teams three times, but we also play uh, like Columbus twice. We play LAFC, we play Seattle. Uh, so some difficult opponents in there. And, um, you know, as I've, say, as I've been saying, this is a rebirth for us. I'm really curious to see this team gel and the type of football that we play and uh, come playoff time. I mean, you know, for me, it's always, you know, MLS Cup is always going to be king just because, like, we we understand it. You know, it's like we uh, you have your regular season and then, you know, at that even the, the playoffs are usually pretty interesting because you're left with the best of the best. That's like, I think then you get like pr a proper competition within MLS of like the best teams. And so, yeah, I mean, like I could see, I could see a situation which Atlanta like ramp up and make a postseason run this year, mm. you know? And so the, to me, I think that's what gets me most excited. It's just like seeing that whole process with the reward at the end. Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, yeah. CCL, of course, yeah. Echo your guys' sentiments if we can do it. Uh, hopefully this, uh, you know, this special does not become obsolete very, very quickly and uh, that we actually do actually advance in this next round. But uh, I think also U.S. Open Cup, uh, interesting that, you know, it's not so open. So it's uh, not going to be, I think, really li living up to its moniker either. But, so, yeah, MLS Cup uh, definitely uh, is up there. I think for me it's... CCL, it's MLS Cup, it's US Open Cup, and then Supporter Shields. Uh, but if we did win the Supporter Shields, I mean, I'm not gonna say no to trophies in our trophy cabinet. So uh, yeah, would we be smug? Probably if we won it. I mean, yeah, it's just you know you add it to the trophy case. Hell yeah, you do, and uh, hell yeah, you you gloat about it because you know then we almost complete uh, you know at least the domestic uh, you know trouble, and I guess in that sense so uh at, at least over the years but uh i have to ask you guys though okay in terms of the season what uh place in the eastern conference do you guys think will place so tanner um to be quite honest with you i mean i, I think mark made a really good point in terms of like wanting to see how this team develops because 
how they do, you know, I think it really also comes down to what you define success as, you know, what is a successful season in terms of finishing in the Eastern Conference and trophy wise, you know, for, for me, if Atlanta United say finishes mid in the Eastern Conference, but manages to win the Champions League, if we win the Champions League, it's a successful season for me. But I honestly think after one game, and this is stupid, and I might sit here and look like an absolute idiot, but I think Atlanta is going to finish first or second in the East. I, I couldn't tell you which one, but I have a very good feeling about this team. I have a very good feeling about the manager, and I think that they're really going to paste a bunch of teams this year. I think Columbus is going to be the biggest challenger in the Eastern Conference. Um, but I think Atlanta has the quality. I think they have the manager, and I think they're going to have the style to really put it on this year and, and make it a very solid campaign. So I'm going to say first or second. I don't know which. Um, maybe that's a cop-out, but they're going to be right there at the top, like they kind of have been in the past. Mark? Uh, I'm going to be a little more cautiously optimistic. I could see us finishing second. I'm going to say third, though. Um, I think that Columbus will probably uh, be the best team in the East. And then, like, I think there could be one other team who's up there in the mix in terms of uh, uh, first in the East. So, like, maybe a Philadelphia, um, maybe a Toronto. But at the same time, I think that most of the teams in the East have flaws. And, like, I, I think that Atlanta United should be up there, at least in the mix of um, of supportive shield, honestly, and definitely uh, first seed in the East. Um, yeah, you know, like, I do think... I think we have better a better roster right now than most of the other teams in the league. So I definitely expect Atlanta United to make the playoffs comfortably and be pushing for a top spot. Yeah. So I, I'm reading that you're saying uh, you actually haven't said, huh? What? Which place? Which place in the Eastern Conference then? <laughs> Me? I said third. Third? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, it's somewhere in between that for me. I think it's second or third, um, possibly even fourth. Depending on, I think we we have some kinks to work out. It is definitely encouraging the returns early, but uh, I think Philadelphia is just a little bit more in tune with probably uh, each other in terms of a roster. Columbus as well, uh, arguably Orlando City as well in that regard. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see what. You know, if DK doesn't come back though, yes. like we'll have to see what the their same. striker situation is, and so He's playing for them again, there's yeah. no chance. Yeah. Right. If they're smart, and if they, uh, you know, in terms of uh, wanting to uh, move the needle in MLS, they would they would sell them. But uh, let's move on from that into the key games uh, very quickly. Uh, which game are you looking most forward to, guys? So Tanner, uh, for me, it's that season opener against Orlando City. You know, Orlando City for the first time really flexed their muscle in Atlanta last year and really showed where Atlanta was and where they were. And I think that, you know, they've made some interesting signings. I have no idea what Alexander Pato is going to do for them. I do not think DK will ever play for them again. If he's smart, he will not play for them again because he's clearly shown that he is good enough to play in Europe and he does not need to be playing in MLS. But I want to see where Atlanta is. You know, you're going to have two competitive warm-up games in hand and we go down to Orlando in a week's time. And I want to see what they have and I want to set that see them set the record straight in terms of who's better because... Let's be honest, go on Twitter. Orlando City fans have been really chirping off. They had one decent season made in MLS, you know, cup playoffs, and they think that that's a trophy. You know, they want a cookie for it, and they think all of a sudden they're the big dogs on campus and they're a better club than Atlanta United. And it's just like, well, 
you don't get jack shit for making the playoffs and you've only won a preseason tournament that was held in your own stadium so like you know i'd like for atlanta to show orlando city in those games who the real club is who the club that has history who the club is that's won things and it's interesting because it's starting to become a bit of an actual rivalry i'd like for atlanta to kind of quell that talk a little bit and make them know who the actual fathers are in this situation Hell yes. Uh, also, yeah, there's been a lot of slagging off Jose Martinez from Orlando City fans as well. That, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of nonsense. Uh, they're saying his preseason was poor or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, or if we're gonna uh, judge how they're gonna do in a season from their preseason, then uh, yeah, I think we could slag off a whole host of all sorts of different players. Mark, who uh, who are you looking forward to playing as your key game? Uh, for me, it's the uh, well key games, the two games versus Columbus, and they play them actually at the end of July and then beginning of August, like so within a four week stretch of each other. And they're the champions, you know. Uh, as I mentioned before, I expect them to be the best team in the East. Um, I expect them to be very good again, and I think that at that point, you know, it'll be the middle of the season. So Atlanta United should at that point be have found some sort of rhythm. They should have better chemistry, and so I think those matchups will be just intriguing from a neutral standpoint and certainly from a United fan standpoint. Like we're talking about this team making an MLS cup run, possibly winning it all this year. Definitely want to see how they do against the defending champions. Mm. Uh, I see all you guys uh, saying what, what you're saying. I like it. I think LAFC is still the litmus test. Uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, they made that champions league final. It, I mean, they're, they're good. They're absolutely, uh, I think, MLS-wise, they they probably have the best shout of, uh, in terms of, I think, striking fear in most of every one of their opponents. And, uh, you know, Carlos Vela can do some ridiculous things that uh, has been, yeah, for a couple years now, been striking fear into defenders' hearts. So, for me, LAFC is going to be a whole lot of fun. But uh, let's move on into the odds that BetMGM have of uh, MLS clubs winning the cup. And, well, Atlanta is at 4.8% uh, in preseason, at least anyway. This is, of course, uh, before the uh, season is played. And we're tied with Portland. We're just under Orlando City. LOL. And uh, LAFC have the best odds of winning. And so, kind of, along with what we were just saying, it's uh, definitely very, very interesting. Uh, do you guys have some quick thoughts on, like, you know, what our odds are and if you feel like they're accurate? Tanner? I think if, if you're a betting if you're a betting person, you should put money on Atlanta United. They're plus 2,000. The idea that they are four times less likely to win MLS Cup compared to LAFC, I think, is outrageous i think that having teams like orlando like skc like nycfc who haven't really been doing much above them is really really interesting um i'm not really going to be too offended by these because i don't think that the people making these odds are really clued into what's going on um, i think if they were atlanta added i don't think they have the best odds but i think they should be higher than ninth um I think it's tasty. Um, if if you're that kind of individual, and that's what you know gets you going. I would I would be putting some money on Atlanta United because those are very very tasty odds as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Mark, any thoughts? 
No, yeah, I mean, like, even the teams that have, like, a little bit higher odds than Atlanta United, Red Bulls, into miami like, how are they close to Atlanta United right now? I don't see it. Certainly not Inter. Um, and then, yeah, NYCFC having twice as good a chance of winning MLS Cup as Atlanta United, even though their playoff record is horrendous historically. And, like, once again, coming into the season with the coach being unhappy and whatever, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, like, these... Oh, you know, games and these odds will change. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. we play them at Red Bull Arena. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's they. Uh, I could do. I could do a whole rant about NYCFC, but they're definitely not winning MLS Cup. That's all I'm gonna say here. <laughs> Let's uh yeah let's not have those be famous last words on uh you know MLS Cup uh yeah whew, that would be <laughs> I mean there there are worse teams uh in terms of uh not wanting to win MLS Cup for sure but anyway uh so guys let's get into our predictions for the season uh let's pick a CCL winner since we are still in the competition so guys quickly who's your CCL winner Tanner. You know, I picked Club America before we started recording. And then I looked at it and I realized that the final's not until October. And that leaves a lot of time for things to change because that's not going to be the same team that's playing right now. It's not going to be the same team that's, you know, second in the Clausura. So I, I don't want to go out and, like, say an MLS team because it's never happened before. But. I said earlier in the episode that I think it's the best chance an MLS team has ever had to win to win it. Um, so I'm actually changing from what I originally put down on here, and I'm going to say Columbus Crew because they look really, really good in their first game. I think they're a team that's going to have it together most of the season. I don't see that being a team that will be affected by transfers during the season. Um, and I think they have a really good chance at it. And I, I think Columbus Crew are going to win the Champions League. Oh, Mark. Um... I'm going to go with uh, my second team, my Liga Meki team, Monterrey. Uh, they've won it recently, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like they'll pull it off again. They still have a pretty decent roster. It's a Funes Mori. So, I mean, you know, they might do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out here. Uh, Tanner was uh, maybe a little too reticent to say it, but I think Atlanta United can win the Champions League. Let's yes, go. <laughs> Let's my go. Guy. I want okay. so bad. But I just, I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I think Columbus are, yeah. but you'll see why in a second. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, it is definitely though. Uh, it's, it's not going to be an easy route whatsoever in terms of uh, if there's uh, a Liga Emeki side on the other side of that. Uh, if we can get through our side into the final, but uh, yes, our side of it is theoretically a bit easier than we've had it in the past. So, you know, I think, uh, what's that? To build up today, if we get, if it is in a final and that final is in October at the bins, which will probably be a full packed house. Any damn thing can happen. Anything Mm -hmm. can happen. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, let's (laughs) pick our golden boot winner. Uh, who do you guys have? Tanner. Vela. Fair, yeah. I mean, he has been. It's uh, you know, it's a safe shout for sure, but uh, a a wise shout indeed. But uh, Mark, who do you got? 
So, like, to me, when I look at LA, I feel like they have multiple goal scorers at this point, especially since Rossi won Golden Boot last year. I think with Atlanta United, the scoring is going to be a little more spread out as well. Mm-hmm. But I think Raul Ruiz Diaz is their main guy. You know what I mean? Like, Seattle doesn't traditionally have a lot of goal scorers anyway. And so I think that uh, he'll have the opportunities and, like, he's that player for his team. So, yep. That's a, that's a very interesting shout. Uh, yeah, I also have Carlos Vela as well. Uh, it's just it's hard to go against that. Uh, I don't I don't see Diego Rossi uh, doing that for as the length of a season that we will have uh, this time. I think it's just going to be a little bit different. You know, I think uh, Vela has that pedigree. Joseph still getting back from the injury. Otherwise, he'd be my absolute bet every single time in a healthy season. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that is not the case. But let's get into, finally, the MLS Cup winner then. Tanner, who do you got? Atlanta United. I think we're going to win it. I really do. I think that this team is a lot better than people think they are. I think that this team is going to get better if they can stay healthy. I think this team is going to get better as the season goes on, as players get more familiar with the system, with each other, um, as Joseph gets healthier. I think that Ezekiel Barco is going to finally have the season we think he's going to have. And I think that this roster is really well built from top to bottom. I think the addition of Alan Franco is fantastic. I think that at the back, you've got two of the best center backs in the league, possibly the best pairing in the league, if they can really Mm -hmm. form a good partnership there. You've solved your problem in midfield with Santiago Sosa. I think that this team has everything that it takes to an MLS Cup. But for me, it comes down to the manager. I think that Heinze is the best manager in the league. I think he's going to show that. Um, I think his system is going to really make it very difficult on a lot of teams to play against Atlanta United this year. Will it be risky? Yes. Will there be times where Atlanta United gets beat over the top? Yes. And that's going to be their biggest you know, obstacle in terms of winning MLS Cup will be the fact that because this team is going to be so aggressive that there is always the chance to get caught on the counter. I mean, look at what happened with with Manchester City and Leeds this past weekend. You know, Leeds had two shots, both went in. City had 29 and, and lost. That, that can happen with this system. That's soccer. That's football. But I really think this team is good, and I believe in them, and I think they're going to do it. Mark? Uh, so I think Elaine, I will be pretty good and I could see Elaine, I making it even all as far as the semis, but I just think that Columbus, uh, really good. You know, they, they were really good last season, obviously. Um, but there's still room for improvement for them. Uh, they did add to their roster a little bit, including, uh, Kevin Molino. Um, and I just, I think that Columbus will probably be a little bit too much, especially if it came down to like Atlanta and Columbus in the semifinal. Um, I think that uh, this season is probably one season too soon for Atlanta United in terms of uh, going all the way. So Columbus for me. Oh, you got him as a repeat. My God. That's uh, one of the first in a while for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what's interesting, guys, are we Columbus Crew Fan TV? I mean, you guys have them winning the <laughs> Champions League. You got them cha- winning MLS Cup. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that they are good enough to win Champions League. Yeah. I just that I, I I'm bullish, but I, who do you got, AJ? Yeah, and that's the thing. So I think depth for us is massive in uh in this season. I think 
we have really loaded up in multiple positions and uh yeah our defense looks really stout now with the addition of alan franco and so like you said yeah we have probably the best center back pairing in the league and then when you add in anton walks you have the potential of george campbell as well uh i mean yeah we we have some depth there that uh especially yeah with what you're talking about the balls over the top we have you know, according to at least uh, what the scouting reports are on Alan Franco, but Robinson is definitely one of the best guys to uh, handle those one-on-ones uh, against those pacey players. He's very pacey himself. Alan Franco is another guy that can also do that job and make sure that they cannot be dribbled past. And uh, so I think, you know, we'll be on the front foot a lot. And, uh, you know, if we're home, if we can, uh, you know, get a high enough seed in the Eastern Conference, we're taking it home, baby. It is MLS Cup number two for LA United for me. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys think that too. But let us know in the comments below what your predictions are for the season. Everything that we talked about. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think we're just absolutely crazy? Let us know in the comments below. But guys, hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the season preview special. And for Tanner, for Mark, I'm AJ. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. And we will see you in 2021. Thank you so much for watching. Yeah.